Welcome to Fresh Off the Set. I'm Carrie Hawker-Diaz. And I'm Sarah Jenkins. Thank you so much for listening today. Okay, so today's topic, uh, Alora spoke with David Zane. He's the CEO of Counseling Associates of Utah about the differences between having an anxiety disorder or just feeling anxious because there's a big difference. There is a big difference. I'm really excited um, for this episode because I feel like a lot of people have anxiety, but there's a wide spectrum of it, you know? Mm. And how do you know if you need to seek out help or guidance or are there things that just day to day, if we have these spurts of anxiety, we can kind of like things we can do to lessen it? Totally. Yeah. I, I know I have anxiety here and there and it's, I think it's gotten stronger since I've had a child, Yes, you know, with like I'm sending her to school this fall and I have anxiety about that. And I have, you know, there's like little things that I definitely struggle with. And I wonder if the pandemic really brought out a lot of anxiety in people too. I, I definitely, I feel like we see that a lot. People are aware of, yeah, this global pandemic and so many um, negative things going on and uncertainty. Um, I think that a lot of people suffer during that time. So this is especially timely. And I think it's really important, you know, for anyone, wherever you fall on the anxiety spectrum, you know, mm-hmm. to be able to have these tools and tips. Sure, absolutely. And he, he really dives into just because you have an anxiety disorder or feel anxious, that doesn't mean it has to control your life. And he gives us tips to help ourselves and maybe a loved one if, uh, you know, they're going through an anxiety disorder or maybe just anxiety and how to help them. So um, it was a really great interview. Should we give a listen? Yes, let's do it. I am here with David Zane. He is the CEO of Counseling Associates of Utah. David, thanks so much for coming in today. It's my pleasure. I am so happy you are here. We actually did Um, another podcast on anxiety. And now we're going to dive a little deeper into it to help people really understand, is it an anxiety disorder? Are they having stress? Like We're really helping people discover what it is and how to help them. So let's start with the basics. Let's define an anxiety disorder versus regular anxiety. So an anxiety disorder is when typical anxiety becomes unmanageable. Mm-hmm. When an everyday small event that would cause an everyday small amount of anxiety now becomes a monstrous event, mm-hmm. it's an event that causes insurmountable amounts of anxiety. We can often get anxiety attacks or otherwise just not be able to function the way we would like to, being triggered just by an everyday event. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about anxiety attacks. This is kind of a personal one for me. It will be, I'll probably get personal throughout this whole interview as we talked earlier. I have had anxiety attacks before, and I remember when I had my first anxiety attack, I quite literally, and I, you, I'm using the word literally correctly, thought I was dying. Like, it was the scariest feeling. So can you describe anxiety attacks for us? Yeah, so anxiety attacks are when we not only feel an abnormal amount of anxiety that makes it difficult for us to be able to function, but we begin to experience significant physiological responses. We begin to sweat. We can't think straight. We might do what we call disassociation. Some people will rock, get horrible headaches, or Mm -hmm. even uh, just kind of begin to lose consciousness. These can last for just two minutes. They might last for 20 minutes, but it's, it's typically triggered by something in the present moment that takes you into thoughts and feelings that become racing and uh, take you down a rabbit hole that nobody wants to be in. 
And sometimes it can feel like we're never going to get out. So like you said, some people do feel like they're literally going to die. They're having a heart attack. And sometimes they'll go to the, the ER and uh, receive the, the controversial diagnosis that they're not having a heart attack, but they're actually having an anxiety attack. Mm-hmm. So for people who do have anxiety disorders, how do you take care of that? There are a variety of ways to address it. Obviously, you can take some medication. There's calming techniques such as breathing or uh, grounding, things like the five senses. Or one of the ones that we love to teach is uh, progressive muscle relaxation, creating sort of a mind-body connection. These are all things that can help to treat it. Uh, People can learn how to control it to a point where it doesn't become debilitating in their lives. Ultimately, though, at our practice, we try to help people isolate the cause and get to a point where they can for the most part, remove anxiety entirely from their life. And when I say that, we have to differentiate a little bit because some people will will look at stress or fear, and they will think that those two things are also anxiety. Oh, interesting. Okay. So we're not talking about someone who becomes fearless. Fear is healthy. It helps us to not jump off of buildings, to keep ourselves alive. Mm -hmm. Uh, Stress can be very good if we use it to motivate ourselves and don't allow it to turn into distress. But anxiety, that kind of source of worry and uh, fear about something bad happening in the future compared to something happening in the present, Mm -hmm. that anxiety is the kind of anxiety that through some cognitive exercises that can be taught, people can, for the most part, remove them entirely from their lives. I love how you just said that because I often think, and I say this from personal experience, when I was diagnosed with an anxiety disorder, I thought to myself, well, this is it. This is how it's always going to be. I will never be able to get better. But there is actually hope for people with anxiety disorders. Because you were talking to me earlier that oftentimes people think that. Like, there's no hope for me. I'll always be like this. But that is not the case. That's correct. Especially if they do their homework, which is the, the hard part of therapy. Mm-hmm. But doing that self-work to get good at these kinds of skills, oftentimes people can go from a place where they've been having anxiety attacks uh, as often as every day to a point where it's been years since they've had an anxiety attack, since they've felt those large amounts of anxiety over everyday activities. They, just, they feel so free. I love that word, feeling free. There is hope if you have an anxiety disorder. So let's talk a little bit more about the key differences between anxiety, stress, and fear. So if someone is thinking, oh my gosh, I have this anxiety disorder, but it's actually stress, how can someone tell the difference between the two? That's a great question. And to be honest, we can often spend an entire hour helping somebody to, to differentiate mm-hmm. throughout a, a counseling session. But in brief, you know, we look at fear and we have to, to think about it in a way that it is, it is strictly an emotion. It is something that our brain is telling us with alarm bells going off saying there is danger here. Mm-hmm. You see a rattlesnake. Uh, somebody's holding a gun. Those are kind of extreme examples. But we have right. these, these alarm bells that go off that say you should be afraid of this. Mm-hmm. And typically that's happening in the moment. It's something that's in the present. So that's that's the fear piece. The stress piece is everyday deadlines, or maybe you're about to get married, or the death of a loved one, and there's all these arrangements you've got to make. Pressure mm-hmm. would often be categorized as the stress piece. And again, there's some good coping strategies we can learn there of transforming that stress into motivational, helpful stress, or what's called EU stress. Mm-hmm. Or through some maladaptive learning, we may have learned how to turn that stress into DI stress or distress. It just becomes distressing and debilitating. Those are sources of stress compared to sources of fear, which again, 
are different than anxiety. Uh-huh. And I think that's really important for people to hear is, oh, this is stress, this is fear, this is something that I can handle right now, this is not an anxiety disorder. Just knowing the difference between those three, I think, is really key to getting the help that you need to overcome those not so great feelings, because I know for me, I don't particularly like being afraid or being stressed. I mean, like we talked earlier, some people thrive up of being stressed. <laughs> I am not one of those people. So are there different levels of an anxiety disorder? To some degree. I mean, we all experience anxiety, and we try to get good at not feeling that because it's not particularly useful. But when the anxiety gets to a point where the small things are becoming big things and we're feeling lots of this this tightness in our chest or stomach or throat on a very regular basis throughout the day, that's when we can begin to notice that we're experiencing an anxiety disorder. The typical person doesn't feel like that all day, every day. No. And, and nobody really has to either. And I that was one of the things that in the past anxiety episode, I talked about how I was diagnosed when I was 18. And one of the things that kind of tipped me off is what you just said. I was having what I call stress stomachs all the time. But now I can probably call them anxiety stomachs. But (laughs) those were kind of what set me off and I knew I needed to get help. So let's talk about what advice you would give to someone who feels like their anxiety is just too much to handle. They don't feel they don't feel typical anymore. They feel like it's just so much weighing on them. What advice would you give to them? First and foremost, you need to know that you're not alone. Uh, As we're talking about here on the podcast, I mean, this is very common. It's actually one of the more common diagnoses. And if you're struggling to be able to differentiate between stress and fear and anxiety, but you just know that you're not happy and you're not liking the way life is going, Mm -hmm. it's a great option to go and talk to somebody, whether it's Uh, I know you had spoken about your mother being able to provide some good feedback to Mm -hmm. you, a trusted friend, or you can go see a counselor and try to figure out what the source of all of this discomfort is. But you're not alone either way, and you can reach out and you will find help. I think if I could say anything over and over again, it would be what you just said. You are not alone for people who are feeling this way. I am very lucky that I have um, the mother I do who's very, very supportive and is there for me. But what would you recommend to friends, family, coworkers, loved ones um, who want to help, but they just don't know how? Uh, First of all, uh, your typical person isn't somebody who has a master's degree and tons of years of experience in therapy. So to expect an everyday average human to be able to help relieve an anxiety disorder is not a realistic expectation. So we need to be patient with ourselves as we try to help. We also need to be patient with the person who's experienced the anxiety while we try to help. But I think the key is that when we're trying to help somebody, we have to allow them to own their own challenges. It's not actually our job to fix them. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing in therapy. A good therapist understands that we're not here to fix people. We're here to help people to be able to help themselves. I think that's wonderful because you're not always there. Sometimes, I mean, not some Sometimes, most of the time, when you're out there dealing with an anxiety disorder, your therapist isn't sitting right next to you saying, oh, remember your techniques. So what is something you tell your patients? Because I will have, I have had people reach out to me um, when I started being more open about my anxiety saying, um, I feel, and I don't like this term, but lots of people use it. I feel, quote, crazy. I feel crazy. I feel, quote, abnormal. Um, I feel just different. What do you say to them so they don't feel so alone and don't feel so almost this negative self-talk that they can spiral into? 
And that's something that most people will cha- will be challenged with at some point in their life, regardless of whether it's because they can't run fast enough or they're not dealing with anxiety as well as they'd like. One of the things that's important to understand is that all humans have reasons for being the way that they are. There's typically something that's happened in the past, maybe multiple things, whether you were abused as a child or there was some big event that happened, or even just having grown up shy and therefore not engaging socially as much as others. We can get into our late teens or adulthood and just feel different and feel yeah. alone. But But keep in mind, again, you're not alone. There are so many people who deal with the same things that you're dealing with. And being a a human means that you're capable of change. So all of these things that you don't like are things that you can seek help for, read a book about, talk to a parent about, or a friend or a loved one, or go to counseling for any period of time and learn how to change the things in your life that you don't like. And I think something you said at the very beginning of that answer was we all have things we go through. Everyone has a story, so it's always important to to be kind to everyone because you're just you just don't know what they've been through. So what is your if you and this is gonna be a hard question, I know, but it what is your top tip you want people who feel anxious or people with an anxiety disorder to remember? That's gonna be hard. Your top tip. And if there's more than one, if you have top tips with that S. That's fine. What would you say it is? That is tough because it it depends on the stage of the recovery that they're in. Mm -hmm. You know, if they're still trying to decide whether or not they need help, frankly, if you're asking the question, then it's probably a good idea to reach out for help. Yes. You know, don't be afraid. That would be one of the first things is don't be afraid to ask for help. Uh, Later on, when somebody's learned how to do breathing techniques, how to do grounding techniques, how to do progressive muscle relaxation, it's to remember that there are solutions to the experience that you're having. You know, you're not trapped. There is an escape. There are ways out, which is one of the, the primary things that drives someone into an anxiety attack where they feel trapped and they can't escape. So that's the second thing that I would just suggest. The third would be that when they've gotten to the point where they've got some level of mastery of these coping strategies, to remember how successful they are. They've come a long way from where they were, and they're going to continue to get better as time goes on. So to not get down on yourself, not talk bad about yourself, not get frustrated or, or revert to thinking that you're alone or broken or crazy. You just had a challenge. Everybody has challenges, and you've made a lot of progress there, and you can be proud of yourself. Be proud of yourself. You are not broken or crazy. So important to remember. Can you give me, we have mentioned breathing exercises two to three times now. Can you give us really quickly an example of a breathing exercise with me? Sure. One of the simplest and most well-researched is a 474 technique. I think of it as as an airplane, a 747, just upside down. (laughs) I don't think they can really fly that way, but I like to think of it that way. Well, who's to say? Maybe one day. (laughs) So the 474, you just breathe in slowly for four seconds, expanding your lungs as much as possible and filling them up. And then you hold it for seven seconds and then you let it go for four seconds. And you do that two or three times over the course of a minute or two. You don't have to do them back to back, but you just do three or four of those really deep breathing exercises over a minute or two. And by the end of it, you're feeling pretty good. There you go. Because I had heard before I started seeing a therapist, breathing exercises and I always thought to myself I was like but how I I breathe every day so (laughs) thank you for explaining that breathing exercise to us because I think that will help a lot of people out there so and really quick before we wrap up we talked a little bit about an anxiety disorder versus um, stress and versus being afraid really quick what is the difference because I I hear this question a lot between being shy and having a social anxiety disorder Great question. So social anxiety disorders are a point where you're not only quote-unquote shy, but you are experiencing that high level of anxiety, the tightness in the chest and throat, 
to the point where when you need to call the bank to make a correction, you just can't get yourself to pick up the phone and call. A shy person can still pick up the phone and call. They're just going to be shy about it. Uh, social phobia, social anxieties, those things get you to the point where you can no longer function. So that, that is a good differentiation because I know some people tell me, they're like, oh, I'm so shy. I think I have social anxiety. And you've said this many times. If you think maybe you do have social anxiety and you're thinking about that, that's a good time to reach out to someone. Absolutely. You don't need to wait. You don't need to be ashamed. There's no shame in counseling, psychotherapy, talking with people, asking for help. These are actually marks of strength. As much as people want to make it out to be some sort of weakness, the truth is those who are willing and courageous enough to ask for help are the strong ones. I get like tears in my eyes when you say that because those, like you said, who are willing to ask for help, it is so brave to say to yourself, I don't feel as good as I know I can feel. I think something is wrong. I'm going to reach out and get the help I need to make my life better. Absolutely. That's beautiful. There we go. So David, we have loved talking to you today. Where can we go for more information from you and your practice? There's of course a lot of information online that can be found on many websites. Uh, Do your research, take a look at reputable websites and learn more about anxiety, anxiety disorders, anxiety attacks versus panic attacks. All that kind of information is on the internet. Feel free to, to read those. If you do want to reach out to us, uh, Counseling Associates of Utah is a coalition of experts. that We don't hire anybody with less than 10 years of experience. Uh, if you do have an anxiety challenge, you would get paired with a therapist who specializes in anxiety. And we have locations in uh, Farmington, downtown Salt Lake, Sandy, and opening soon in Lehigh and Provo. So we try to be accessible to the public. You're welcome to go to our website, counselingassociatesofutah.com. Just give us a call and chat with somebody. If it's necessary, we offer free consultations. Whatever you need, the help is out there, and and we'll be happy to help. Perfect. Well, David, I am so grateful for people like you out there who are there to help others. Thank you so much for coming in. And again, we just want to remind those of you out there who are listening, who are kind of struggling with anxiety or fear or stress, we just want to remind you that you are not alone. We will talk to you next time. Congrats, you made it to the end. If you want to continue to freshen up your day, you can watch us on Fresh Living every weekday on CBS Channel 2 in Utah at 1 o'clock. You can also watch us on our YouTube channel, KUTV Fresh Living, and follow us on social media. We will see you next week.